And now, Truckers Radio USA presents... Look! Up in the sky! It's a bird! It's a plane! Where are their pants? The Derriers! Oh, yeah! The Derriers! Two amazing brothers boldly exploring the universe of music in the Americana Roadshow. The Derriers are Kansas City's dubious backup specialists. Elvis had the Jordanaires. These are the Derriers. Rhythm guitar, bass, and harmony vocals. Please welcome Leo and Roger Eilts, the Derriers. Welcome to the Americana Roadshow right here on Truckers Radio USA. I'm Roger Eilts. I'm Leo Eilts. And we are... The Derriers. Uh, we're still driving up and down the roads, the back roads, and the super highways, the interstates, and the toll roads, just picking up music all, all over the place, it's riding along there. in our beautiful little motorhome. We're That's having a right. big old time. That's right. It's all over the place. You just stumble over it, and uh, you might as well pick it up might and as well listen. Pick it, dust it off a little bit. That's right. See what, what we got there. Well, you know, a lot of people ask us, they say... Derriere's exactly what is Americana music? Well, and that's a kind of a wide open question, so we just decided to deal with it by saying it's what we say it is. Well, yeah, this is our show. It's our show. That's right. And uh, we define it as music with distinctive American roots. And and that even can get just a little shadowy once in a while, but we do our best. We do our best. We do our best. We have few rules, but that is one of them. That's right. And uh, the way the show goes is that uh, each week we show up with a virtual pocket full of tunes. Yes. uh, That we have not disclosed to the other guy. That makes it fun. Uh-huh. And we parse them out uh, one at a time, and um, we take turns starting the show, and I believe I started last week, You Leo. did at that, so it's my turn to start. It, it sure is, and I can't wait to hear what you're going to kick it off with. Well, I gotta, I'm going to kind of start off with something fun here. Um, we we got a kid that grew up in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Okay. Right? And he was basically known for his first name, which is a real first name, by the way. His full name was Prince Rogers Nelson. Uh-huh. Okay. And uh, he was born in uh, in 1958, which made him older than I thought he was. Really, I thought yeah. he had, was younger than that. I did too. Uh, and he unfortunately passed away in April of 2016. Uh, but I'm going to feature his song "Little Red Corvette." That's, that's a good one. That's that's just a good one now. But just a little bit more about this guy. Yeah, he was a, a, a multi instrumentalist, a record producer, an actor. He was a director, and he's re- re- widely regarded, um, seriously, including me, who I was not totally into 80s pop. Uh, one of the greatest muses, uh, musicians of his generation. Mm-hmm. But uh, one of the interesting things about him, he had real strong, um, uh, what can I say, beliefs about business and the right thing. And he got into a contractual dispute with Warner Brothers in 1993. All right. Where he literally could not use his name, you know. Oh, yeah, that's you remember right. that? Uh-huh. And, yeah, okay. So he changed his stage name. This is the way it's described. It's an unpronounceable symbol logo. And, and so if you want to say the name, like the logo, it goes like this. Hollow circle above downward arrow crossed with a, a curly cued horn-shaped symbol and then a short bar. Wow. Yep, that's it. That's a mouthful. Some people call it the love symbol. <laughs> anyway, he ex- experienced considerable pain because, you know, his, his uh, shows were really acrobatic. I mean, mm-hmm. he would jump and he, and he hurt himself. You know, he was in pain for a lot. And so um, he died uh, of an uh, unintentional Overdose of yep. pain-killing drugs at the time. But let's celebrate his life right here. Uh, this is a great guy, a prince, and uh, otherwise known as Prince Rogers Nelson from 19, what did they say, 82. And this is Little Red Corvette. I guess 
Yeah, it really is. You know, I saw a video and it was, uh, I believe it was a George Harrison tribute. And there were, you know, a bunch of incredible musicians. He did a lead on While My Guitar Gently Weeps that just was amazing. Incredible. Amazing. Incredible Incredible guitar. Yeah. That's uh, that's when I became a fan. Well, there you go. (laughs) All right. Okay. Now what what are you going to do? Welcome to my rabbit hole. (laughs) Oh, no. All right. So a couple episodes ago, I did um, Wolverton Mountain. Yes, you did. I featured that, Uh which led me to a guy, a steel player named Curly Chalker. Remember, that was last week's episode. Exactly, yeah. And we played his version of Wolverton Mountain. It didn't sound exactly like Wolverton Mountain. Didn't sound like a, or like a steel player. No, no, it sounded like a B3 organ. Yeah. Wow. So, um you know, I, I'm digging into this stuff, and I stumbled across an album, and it's called Four Giants of Swing. Okay. Okay. And I can't remember. It was in the early 70s, I believe, and it was done. So um, it features Joe Venuti on yes, we know Joe. fiddle, mm-hmm. violin, Jethro Burns. Of course. Okay. 
Curly Chalker, and Eldon Shamblin. Now, Eldon Shamblin was, uh, he played guitar with Bob Wills and the Texas Play, Playboys for many years, okay? Yep. So I think we know the rest of them. Uh, of course, Jethro Burns was part of uh, Homer and Jethro. Homer and Jethro, yeah. What a great mandolin player, and this really features that. He was really understated. I mean, their, their act didn't really show off his prowess. You yeah, know? actually, either of their talents. That's exactly, so exactly, yeah. yeah. But, and a matter of fact, I have uh, sworn that uh, when this year is up, uh, we'll come back and we'll look at some of their more serious stuff. Okay. Good stuff. But anyway, uh, this was such a fine. These guys were actually uh, getting up in years when they did this, but boy, did they swing. It was hard to pick one, uh, but I decided this is a great one, and let's give it a listen. From Four Giants of Swing, the album is called Swonderful Limehouse Blues. <laughs>
<laughs> we've we've had sessions like that. I, I don't think we left them. I don't think we left them on the cut though. <laughs> I love it. What a what a fun piece that was. Yeah, that's incredible. A bunch of old guys having a good time. You bet. Oh, man. All right, Leo, back to you. Uh, Roger, you might remember um, the last time we were in Winfield, uh, with, I think was in, uh, well, that was two years ago, mm-hmm. right? And we were sitting there in the afternoon. We didn't have much going on. This young man walked into our campsite and uh, with his parents, as I recall. Yes. And sat down and started to play music. And uh, we were just astounded uh, by his talent, you know. And um, I found out later that he was maybe 17 years old at the time, which explains why his parents were <laughs> hauling him out. Yeah, right. Like, uh, incredible kid. And um, unfortunately, shortly after we met him, he, he passed away. Uh, he, he had gotten married young, and, and uh, he got involved in a horrible vehicle accident. Uh, I was not able to find anything. I don't think he ever made it into a recording studio as near as I can find out. Hmm. But I did find some uh, video out there and everything, and I was able to extract some audio. I just figured the guy deserve, deserved to be on our, our radio show. You better believe it. And Oh, um, yeah, he was phenomenal. He talent. was phenomenal. And I, I know I showed up just a little bit late, and by the time I got there, there was a dozen people standing around with their jaws open. And, and, and our friend Bob Gray yeah. was the only guy with guts enough to play with him. Yeah. <laughs> Right. He, he was just so incredible. What a great yeah. musician. Yeah. So uh, this is, it's, we don't want to forget about this kid. Uh, his name is Evan Twitty, and he recorded this song called Three Times Seven. Well, I'm three times seven, and I do as a doggone please. There ain't nobody this side of heaven gonna put me on my knees I'm three times seven and I'm gonna have my fun But I just won't tame, I'm gonna be the same till I'm three times twenty-one I make my living loafing and I never did work a day Working and me just don't agree cause I ain't built that way I'm a rootin' tootin' rounder gals and don't you think I ain't well, I might get around to painting the town, but I never did like to paint. I'm three times seven, and I do as a doggone please. There ain't nobody this side of heaven gonna put me on my knees Oh, I'm three times seven, and that makes twenty-one Well, I love on sight and I fly by night I'm a no-good son of a gun I'm the big duck in the puddle So don't you mess me around I didn't come in like a lion Just to go out like a lamb I'm three times seven gals And I'm mighty, mighty fun well, I love on sight and I fly by night. I'm a no good son of a gun. So I say, I'm three times seven and I do as I doggone please. There just ain't nobody this side of heaven gonna put me on my knees. Oh, I'm three times seven and I'm gonna have my fun. But I just won't tame, I'm gonna be the same till I'm three times twenty-one. Till I'm three times twenty-one. Thank you. Just 
a little I, piece of video that somebody shot of this kid playing music. That's nice. I'm glad yeah. you captured that. He was, uh, he was certainly a super talented kid. He was. He yeah. was. Hey, you know what? What, what? I think we're about out of time for well, this segment. We probably ought to take a little break. We should. That's it, what I'm thinking. Tomorrow's moving day, of course, and uh, we have to go out and police the area. And make nice with the neighbors. Uh, yep. Apologize yep. for everything. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's it's our it's our the way we do things. That's uh, right. We uh, try to. That's our our, our pattern. We get out of town. Yeah. Yep. So uh, uh, grab that tire gauge. We've got to check that left rear, left rear inside duel and uh, all that. So uh, we'll be back here pretty quick. This is the Americana Road Show on Truckers Radio USA. We're backing up. We're backing up. Of course, that's what we do. We, we back up. We're the derrieres. That's, that's, that's what we do. Kind of our job. That's our job. So we like to, uh, at this part of the show, we like to suggest that people uh, go to our websites. All, all of, of them. them. Yeah. yeah. On all the internets. And all of the Facebooks. All the Facebooks. All the Facebooks. Um, and uh, that would be thederrieres.com. And we also have a band website. Right. Which we ought to feature another song or two about of our, out of our we band. We ought to do that. We ought to do that. But yeah. our band is called... 3trailswest.com with the number three. Correct. That's right. And uh, if you go there, you'll find a lot of content. content. Yes. Yeah. And if you watch it, we're pretty certain that you will be contented. contented. But there's so much of it, you might become confused. confused. In which case, you should contact, contact us. us for verification. Yeah. And there are contact us tabs at uh, both websites. Or if you want to get directly to us, you can go right to our email addresses. Mine is Roger, no D, at TheDairyAirs.com. And mine is Leo, also no D. Of course. At the at TheDairyAirs.com. So, yeah. All right. We, so, uh, you know, the other thing is if you go to the Dairy Airs website, go to the Americana Roadshow tab, and you will find all of our past episodes, and you can download them and, and listen at your leisure. At your leisure. As Mike Carr says, go, go nowheres without, without the Dairy Airs. Yeah. So, Leo, I think I finished up the last segment, so uh, I think you're up. Guess what I got? Oh no! Is it? Is it? Yes. <laughs> I haven't heard a matchup for a while. Well, it's been a little while. I, I actually kind of had this one in my pocket. I gotta be honest with you. I struggled with this a little bit. Okay. This song is so Americana. I mean, it's an America song, a kind of song right to the root, right? Right. Unfortunately, the song was originally written by an Australian guy. Okay. Okay. But the song was adopted and it's been changed to a lot of countries. And when it got to the U.S., man, this song just took off across the country scene. Okay. Now, one of the guys that had the biggest hit for it is known as an American artist, even though he's actually originally from Canada. So you can see how I was struggling <laughs> with this. But I bet a whole bunch of American guys played on it. Oh, everybody. It. Everybody played. Okay. Well, so we'll make that a dotted line. I, I, I worked with this. I was trying to justify this any way I could because I really wanted to do it. Well, so good. I'm just going to tell you, his uh, this song is I, I've Been Everywhere. Oh, yeah. Okay. So that one was Australian? Australian. Started. Yeah. It's I, uh, yeah, I'd heard that. And it was adapted. Now, the, the guy that adapted it was actually hired to do so. Because originally it was all Australian, Australian towns. And Hank Snow had the biggest hit, the first big hit with it in okay. the U.S., all right? All right. <sighs> yeah, we've got a, a pass with Hank. we we got a pass with Hank. It's all good. It's all good. Yeah, we so, made up. So let me tell you, I, I just went through and picked out, you know, a, a few. Uh-huh. Okay, so involved in, in this, part of this mashup is Kristen Harris, okay. Asleep at the Wheel, Hank Snow, Johnny Cash, Lynn Anderson, uh, and uh, the L.A. Rats, 
You're gonna hear. You're gonna know who they are when you hear them. And also another band called the Road Hammers. Oh wow! <laughs> I like the name. So, so here's my mashup of I've been everywhere, man. I had a lot of fun doing this, and it's not very long, but boy, it is intense. Are you ready to go? Let's hear it. Here we go. I was toting my pack along the dusty Winnemucca Road When along came a semi with a high-end canvas-covered load Said if you're going to Winnemucca Mac, with me you can ride So I climbed into the cab and I settled down inside He asked me, have you seen a road with so much dust and sand? And I said, listen, I've traveled every road in this here land Great, Leo. That was awesome. I'm holding up my virtual uh, Zippo lighter to you. <laughs> it's a lot of fun to do, really. Good job. All those different versions. Oh, my God. That's great. All right. Well, listen. Yeah. Okay. I think it's back to you. You know, as a rhythm guitarist, um, uh, one of my idols is a guy by the name of Frederick William Green. Okay. Freddie Green. Freddie Green, yeah. Um, and, uh, I mean, talk to any guitarist. Uh, I mean, he is just... He's the gold standard for rhythm guitar, right? Right, right yep. So um, he was born in uh, 1911, and he, he played rhythm guitar with the Count Basie Orchestra for almost 50 years. Wow. Yeah. So um, he was exposed to music from an early age and learned the banjo by picking up, uh, before picking up the guitar when he was like a teenager. And a friend of his father by the name of Sam Walker, he taught him to read music and, and encouraged him to keep up his guitar playing. 
he actually gave him what was perhaps his first gig playing with a local community group. Really? <laughs> yeah. Wow. So um, Freddie moved to New York City to live with his aunt and uncle and to continue his education. And it just opened up a whole world to him. You know, he was born in South Carolina, Charleston, right? right? Mm-hmm. So he moved up the coast. Um, and uh, he was, you know, playing in clubs to earn money and all that type of stuff. And in one of the gigs, he was noticed by a talent scout by the name of John, John H. Hammond. And he realized the potential and introduced him to Basie. Oh, really? So Count Basie, in 1937, he and his ensemble went to one of Freddie Green's gigs and um, he was an immediate fan, and he approached him with a job offer. And I, apparently, there was a brief interruption in that fifty years, but he pretty much stayed with him. So um, he the, apparently there was one time when he played a solo. Really? And the count ba- it was in nineteen thirty eight, and um, the, it was uh, with the uh, uh, the Benny Goodman Big Band. Yeah. He was playing with oh. them at, at Carnegie Hall. Ooh. And, and it was, uh, they're playing Honeysuckle Rose, and um, the, uh, 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 Johnny Hodges had played a solo, and um, Basie's uh, bassist signaled Green to take a solo. Oh, geez. And um, the musician Turk Van Lake described later in his commentary, he said, it was a startling move. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, the, I'm sure it went fine, but he had this this um way of playing there were like three and four string chords you know okay and and uh it just he's he's here's a quote from him he said you should never hear the guitar by itself it should be part of the drums so it sounds like the drummer is playing chords like the snare is in a or the hi-hat is in d minor wow and so uh, i picked this next tune and from the from the beginning you hear the guitar is just in lockstep with the bass. The bass is, is playing these eighth notes. And Freddie Green would play a chord per note. I mean, uh, per beat, you know. Yeah, he would yeah. just move and move and move. And it's really great. It's a song that uh, people, a lot of us will recognize. Just great. By the way, it's really hard to find an album of Freddie Green uh, music. I guess I've never really thought about because it. Because he was always the rhythm guitar player, right? Yeah. And I did find a collection. But anyway... Let's listen to this one. It's called Something's Gotta Give.
thinking while that was playing yep who else do we know that just is a master of the three string chord three four strings ranger doug green ranger doug green yeah he's a huge uh, student of uh, freddie green and you know ranger doug it really downplays his talent you uh, know, he says oh i'm not that good of a guitarist well i i beg to differ i do too uh, but yeah but it's it, i guess if you're comparing yourself to freddie green then <laughs> that could be understandable that's not a good idea yeah no well, you know what, Leo? Oh, look at that clock. We have gone and used up our time. We have had a lot of fun And here. we're out our welcome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Arkansas would like us to leave, We please. have a little apologizing to do, and then we're going to leave town. We didn't mean anything by it. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's just an accident. Yeah. So, anyway. Yeah. Hey, you know what? What? Uh, we got to figure out where we're going. Oh, that's true. That's right. We got to pull off the chalks yeah. from the wheels and head out tomorrow. That's right. So, let's see. I threw the dart last week, so that's your turn. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, I'll get the map. Okay. It's, it's uh, back in the closet. It's in the course. same place. Yeah, it's, it's always uh, been. Uh, you know, we we put it in there, on, and then we keep, and we keep putting stuff yeah, in. There it is. Okay, I got it. Got okay, it. Got there it. it is. All right. Okay, I'll put it on, and the, uh, put it on the holy wall. <laughs> No, that wall has got to be repaired. It's a man. mess. It is a mess. All right. Well, I think I got it up there. Uh, oh, it's my uh, turn. Yeah. So, so uh, dart, dart, dart. Get the dart. Uh, it's, it's in here, the spoon it's drawer. It's no, the, the other spoon, the other spoon drawer. drawer. Okay. Yep. Find it. See it? Yep. I got it. Okay. Got careful. it. Careful. Very careful. Okay. I am Watch those fingers. Careful. Okay. I'm good. Okay. Get um, over in the circle. All right. Okay. And are you ready? You're going to yeah, turn me, around three times. I will. I will. Okay. One, two, three. Throw the dart. Throw the dart. Oh, oh wow! We went what? up and left. What? Where Pretty is far it? up, Idaho. Idaho. Idaho Falls. Oh man! I've been to Idaho Falls. You haven't either. I can't say it, but you I've been say there. It. <laughs> yeah, I was there for a food show one time with wow. some pals of mine. Back and, uh, in your other life. Back in my other life. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, you can be fun the, to go back. You, you can be the tour guide. It's a beautiful town right along the river. So uh, we'll go there. Okay. Well, sounds good to me. Okay. Well, this is some fun has been had this week. It has been had. Yeah. And there's a little leftover for next week. I we, think. I'm saving a couple back. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Well, I guess until then, we'll get down the road. Uh, This has been the Americana Road Show right here on Truckers Radio USA. And look out behind you. It's the Derriers. Here. We are back. We are back. You know, I got to tell you something. Um, that Brad uh, Brad Keselowski, 
Yeah. You know, he's the NASCAR driver for Discount Tire. Yep. That guy really knows what he's talking about. He knows about. his stuff. He doesn't you, mess around you with you got to watch your tire pressure. That's true. I mean, especially if you're NASCAR. You don't you, make any mistakes. You can't like make that. any mistakes. No, well, no, it no. might be your last mistake. That's true. We, and we you appreciate know. the advice. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we do. I mean, you know, for us, if we're within five pounds, we're... That's, well, whatever. That's probably, yeah. yeah. We let that much out. Just <laughs> taking the pressure. Just for the heck of yeah. Just get <laughs> the, the hose off. Just getting the gauge on you. Yeah. So, well, we are broadcasting this week from the Shady Grove RV Park right here in Baldnob, Missouri. Yeah, no, it's Baldnob, Arkansas. Oh, Arkansas, you're right. Yeah. Oh, sorry about that. That's okay. I don't know where I am. Yeah, you're a little, you're a little confused. <laughs> yeah. So, but it's beautiful down it here. It is I can beautiful tell you that yeah. much. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, I, as usual, I've kind of been going around and asking questions, and you know, you like to know where you're at and yeah. what the history is. The uh, Baldnob, Arkansas, was named after uh, the where the, uh, the, the the shape of the hills. In that part of the Ozarks down there, okay, uh, you know they kind of they they got a it's got a tree line sort of, and then the top of these hills is pretty much bare. You know, there's okay. not a lot of trees in there, uh, but it's also known uh, as where the Ozarks meet the Delta, oh, which I thought was pretty cool. That is interesting, and it's not a big place. I mean, three thousand people or so. You know, yeah, big uh, enough for us. It, it, they, now they have a great festival here. We we missed it. It was held over Mother's Day weekend, Dang it. and I know, it's, but it, it's a. They, this town was once known as the leading strawberry producer in the world. Wow! In nineteen in the nineteen fifties, so whatever. But now here's the thing: we talked about the bald knobbers last time, too, right? right? Yeah. Okay. Well, the bald knobbers were not associated with the town really, but they were kind of named after those same hills. Okay. Okay. And uh, they, they go back. They were kind of a vigilante force uh, right after the end, during the end of the Civil War. Okay. Because the areas there between Kansas and Missouri were pretty wild. Yeah, they were. They were. And so these guys were kind of there. They affiliated themselves mostly with the North, and they were trying to be peacekeepers. And they did the best they could. And then finally they got, you know, to where they were a little too powerful. So the government stepped in and just said, that's enough. Yeah, same old story. Right. That's the same old story. So yeah. that's that's the, the place we're staying right now. And a lot of history. It's it's been a fun place to be. Yeah. You know, uh, people ask us. They say, "Derriers, uh, why is it that you you know travel across this great country of ours to all these interesting places in this motorhome, and you stay in these Shady Grove RV parks?" That, that's because we don't. You know, our friends on this station they have these things called. Ranches. Ranches, yeah. yeah. And, you know, lie. they do their shows from the peace and comfort of their ranches. They can sit there in their loungers mm-hmm. and stuff, you yep. know? Yep. But, but you know, uh, but, of course, uh, Rex Allen Jr. has the Rock and Diamond R Ranch in exactly. the Dos Cabezas Mountains. Dos Cabezas. I just love saying Dos Cabezas. Dos Cabezas. I, I like saying Dos Cervezas even better. Dos Cervezas. But I I'll control myself. Two. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh, Alan Bailey, of course, has a Swinging Gate Ranch. Exactly. We've been out there out in western Kansas. That's right. Tennessee Jim, the Diamond W Ranch on the edge of the Kansas Flint Hills. Never been invited. Afraid not. Nope. Orrin Friesen, the Rock and Ban- Banjo Ranch. Been there. And, uh, you know, up until now, uh, we thought we didn't have a ranch, but and we thought what? we didn't even have a name for our RV. And now we do. We do, and it's... Rambling Rose. Rambling Rose. Why you ramble? Oh, yeah, we love our Rosie. Yes, sir. That's right. And, you know, uh, unlike most ranches, uh, ours is a little different. Ours is a ranch... Without, Without fences. fences. We could go wherever we want. And we do, pretty and much. And we do, pretty yeah. much. Yep, yep. So, uh, 
Uh, it's good to be. Uh, it's good to be anywhere. Anywhere. Actually. That's yeah, true. Right. All right. Well, I think. Uh, let's see. If I'm not mistaken, I don't even know whose turn it is. It's my turn. Okay, go for it. So uh, you know our buddy Dave Irwin. Of course, I know Dave. And uh, we've heard from him recently. Man, he just uh, was dive bombing us with uh, great ideas for uh, for different musicians and that type of stuff. And I nabbed one up because, you know, I like a good Telecaster player. Yes, you do. And uh, so he threw this one at me. And, and the guy's name, um, I'm not exactly sure, is Red with two Ds. I would say maybe Volker. Let's, let's, no, it's Red Volker. Okay, is that I think, right? Are I you think sure? so, yeah. Let's check. Volkert. 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 Okay. Okay, we just get two, I guess, from that guy. The lady <laughs> says it as many times as I asked. So, okay, all right. So, Red Volker. Yeah. And I thought maybe we had featured him before, but we have not. And no. I pretty much was pretty sure you knew about the guy. Yeah, I, I, I saw him down in Austin. I, I shot video of him. Okay. Yeah, he was playing all over Austin. Looks I, like he could about break that Telecaster. In oh, half. he's got he's got hands like hams. Yeah. You know, he's got these big fat fingers. But man, <laughs> when he plays that, oh geez, it's amazing. Well, he was born in '58, and uh, he succeeded Roy Nichols in Merle Haggard's uh, backing band. Okay. Right. So mm-hmm. he's known as as uh, one of the country's top. Telecaster guitar slingers. Man, I yeah, absolutely. That that fits. So he won a 2009 Grammy for Best Country Instrumental Performance. And uh, I guess he's got quite a collection of uh, Telecasters. But um, he uh, apparently, well, if you saw him in Austin, that says he plays Saturdays. Uh, his band plays Saturdays, and he plays with a band called Hay Bale. I guess maybe that's his band. Uh-huh. Um, at the Continental Club in Austin, Texas. That's correct, yeah. So that's a guy that you can go see. You know, the way they do it in Austin is pretty cool because every club has their own PA, right? Okay. So you got mics and stuff set up. You just bring in your your instrument and your amp. Okay. And, man, Red would play three clubs in a day wow. down there. Yeah, he's a hard-working guy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, so he's got this album called Telewhacker. <laughs> and uh, he's got a lot of great albums, but I love this one. Uh, he's got a steel player uh, named Jim Murphy. Mm-hmm. And I was reading a review on this thing, and the guy, he kind of um, relates uh, these two guys' relationship on guitar and steel to um, J- Speedy West and Jimmy Bryant. Oh, wow. And, you know, we've featured them before. We have, yeah. So um, I had a, I always have a hard time picking because there's so many great tunes, but I picked this one. It's great fun. It's called Breakneck.
There you go. With a, with a period at the end. That's, that's the way to get down the road, man. I'll oh, tell yeah. you. He's really, he's really an incredible player. And um, I'm sorry you beat me to him. But, yep. but yeah, that's he's, how it goes. I know that's how it goes. He's a great guy. Okay, well, what do you have that's second best to that? <sighs> you know, I'm going to reach... <laughs> I'm going to try to top you on this just oh, a little, okay. just a little bit. Let's awesome. see. We uh, we have talked about all these types of we, what we call Americana music, right? Mm-hmm. Well, and I think we've gone back to the early 1900s so far. Well, I'm going to reach all the way back to a guy that was born in 1868. Mm. Okay, and uh, this guy was named Scott Joplin. <sighs> <sighs> I had him on my list, too. Uh, there Way you to go. go. Well, so, zing. You get me back. Zing on you. Way to go. So he was known as the king of ragtime, basically, basically. And he became ragtime's first and most influential hit and has been recognized historically uh, as a archetypical rag you know, musician. You bet. But, but it's all... Now, just back up a little bit. A ragtime is a musical style that enjoyed its peak popularity between 1895 and 1919, not very long. Right. Now, it, it had a resurgence of popularity in the 50s and the 60s and the 70s is when the movie came out, you know. The Entertainer. The Entertainer. It's 1960, I think. Uh, uh, maybe a little later than that. But yeah, yeah. yeah. And it featured a lot of, uh, of Joplin's music in it. Sure. But um, the thing about it is, is that the, uh, the state of recording technology... In, in the late 1800, 1900s, was not really there. Oh, sure. So there's very, very little recorded material that actually features Scott Joplin actually playing music. So I'm going to kind of touch on that just a little bit because it's pretty inter- interesting. Um, first of all, I'm going to feature just a little snippet of a recording that was done on a wax cylinder. Okay. And which is really early recording technology. These these things were one-offs, basically. So if you had a guy like Scott Joplin sitting in a room, you might set up four or five or six of these machines, and he'd play the song, and each one of those is one copy, because he couldn't duplicate them. Oh, okay. And then they'd put another cylinder each one, and he'd do the song again and again. Wow. Until they got all the cylinders done, right? So like I said, they're very primitive uh, but for the time, it was you know state of the art uh, state of the art technology. Well, this guy in 1992 got a hold of one of these cylinders, and he actually uh, recorded it in his basement. He just made this recording, but it became archived. So I've got a little snippet of his his recording from a cylinder player of one of Scott Joplin's uh, tunes when he was playing. Uh, that particular tune that he was so famous for. So just hang on for a second. Let's play that little piece of recording. The Maple Leaf Rags, played by Scott Joplin. Of course, that's a maple leaf rag, yeah, right, and mm-hmm. that's one of those those wax cylinders. And you the guy bet. bought it and took it to his basement, and he had a player, and he put it on, and he made that recording in 1992. Wow, digitized it, digitized it, yeah. Okay. So it ended up on the internet, so I guess it must be digitized somehow. Yeah. Okay, now let's move forward a few years. Um, the the first uh, recorded public performance of maple leaf rag that I was able to find uh, was from the uh, Marine Band. And I, it was done in, I believe, 1909 or something like that. So here's now this better recording, still pretty primitive, but this is a recording of the Marine Band doing the same song. Mm-hmm. 
So I, I checked my facts on that. That was actually recorded in 1909. Okay. All right. Okay, now this is where it gets really interesting. Um, there was a way to record, pian- you remember piano rolls? Yeah. Okay, well, these were cylinders, you know, with perforations in them, kind of like a card reader, basically, you know? Yep. Uh, that could be placed in any player piano, and it would play however the original artist, you know, did it. Right. Okay. Well, Joplin apparently did some of these, but they they were mostly lost. Nobody could ever find one. Well, there's a guy uh, that he was he bought something on eBay, and it was a piano roll, and um, it was found in the wrong box on eBay apparently, and turned out to be a long lost Joplin recording. Oh wow. Now, so you could put this thing into any any piano was able to play those roles. And, you know, it'd have the characteristics for the piano, but that was Joplin actually playing it. Right. Okay, that was the technology. So they sent this thing off to the University of California in Santa Barbara, and they had a way to play these perforated roles, and they did so and it, with, with a MIDI technology, which is um, Musical Inter- Instrument Digital Interface Technology. Right. So they re- recreated his original performance of this song on a player piano, and turned it into a recording. It's, it's phenomenal. So think of what you're listening. You're actually hearing this guy, Scott Joplin, actually playing the piano. These are his strokes. These are his notes. And this is that recording.
interesting. Yeah, it was a it's, great story. It's kind of like being there. And you know, the, the thing I did, I forgot to mention, uh, he, he grew up in a family of railway laborers in Texarkana, Arkansas. Oh. Same state we're in right now. Yeah, opposite so, side. But opposite yeah. side, yeah. And uh, he, he moved to Sedalia, Missouri in 1894 and earned a living as a piano teacher for a long time. But that's just down the road. From, that's just down the road from us, from back at home. You betcha. All right, that's me. It's on you. Well, let's uh, let's let's make a U-turn. Uh, let's go somewhere else. A uh, guy by the name of Bruce Randall Hornsby. Bruce Hornsby. Yeah. Incredible guy. Incredible guy, man. He was born in uh, November of 54. Gee, must be a great guy. <laughs> um, but he, uh, uh, he was a touring member of the Grateful Dead uh, from September 1990 to March of 92. Played over 100 shows with him. Wow. Yeah. Um, and it kind of would go back and jam with them later in later years and, you know, play shows with them and that kind of stuff. Uh, first band he was actually in was uh, his brother's band called Bobby High Test and the Octane Kids. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> they would put it together, play frat parties and stuff. And Bruce is on Fender Rhodes and vocals. But uh, anyway, they did like a lot of dead tunes and stuff like that. So um, his biggest hit was his first song coming out of the gate uh, and it chopped the charts in 1986 the way it is oh i knew yep. you were, i knew that yep, that was his first hit first tune out boom, boom what a way like to that. start right wow yeah so um but you know his sound was so distinctive because there's a lot of syncopation in his piano solos and that type of stuff they they had a they they mixed it so the piano was real bright and then they used synthesizers and that type of stuff and then the drummer, uh, John Molo, his his drum beats are often looped through the recorded versions of the songs. Oh, really? Of, uh, you know, further sure. processing, I guess you could say. But anyway, uh, so he had a, such a distinctive sound. But he did a cool thing. Uh, he teamed up with Ricky Skaggs. Okay. And they actually did a couple of projects together. Uh, and they played some tour dates. But uh, w what it did was the piano is not traditionally looked at as a bluegrass instrument nope you know and, and kind of maybe even frowned upon yeah. but it kind of gave him it showed hey this will this will work and it disproved the notion that the piano is not compatible with string-oriented bluegrass okay so and who else who better to prove it with than somebody like ricky, ricky Skaggs, Skaggs, right? yeah that's right so um i I picked this tune in the and, and the reason i did is right out of the gate you got the mandolin and the or, or i think it's fiddle and piano playing together, just just knocking it out lockstep, and it's a cool tune. It's a it's a it's about a tune about going to the Tasty Freeze with your uncle who steals your ice cream. How romantic! So I'm, I'm giving you I'm giving you the story so you can listen for it. It's a fun tune. It's called the Dreaded Spoon. Take your patience, breaks, better not turn your head away. It's gone, gone, gone. 
Fun tune. That was fun a tune. fun tune, really. Hey, Leo. Hey, what? We've about used up our time for this section. Oh, good Lord, you're right. Yeah, yep. so uh, we ought to take a little break and uh, go out and button up a few more things and you know, get ready to go. Check that left rear inside duel. And One make more sure time. It's, you might pump it up a little bit. Yeah, I hope it hasn't uh, gone down the past 15, 15 minutes. minutes. <laughs> so we're in trouble. <laughs> All right, we'll be back pretty quick with the Americana Roadshow right here on Truckers, Truckers Radio, Radio USA. USA. 